Thankful to have not only Brother Easter, but we're so glad to have Sister Easter with us. God bless you, Sister Easter. Let's give her a great big hand. God bless her in the name of the Lord. What a pleasant surprise to be able to have Sister Easter with us, and we're so glad that it worked out and, uh, and that they'll be able to be with us on this turning of the calendar year. And uh, how many enjoyed taking a little trip to heaven this morning? Just when, I, just when I was getting all comfortable with my crown. And then he so p- profoundly reminded us, there's only one who was worthy to wear it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so thankful that the Easter family is with us, and we're grateful to have Brother Jordan Easter with us. And before his dad comes to preach, I would love for Brother Jordan Easter to come and greet you this evening. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Let's receive him with a warm hand clap of appreciation. It is a uh, sincere honor and privilege to be here with you all. Um, This is not necessarily my first time. I actually listen to you all almost every Sunday on your podcast. I, uh, I love to hear Brother Urshan preach. I remember about the time I turned about 18 years old. I'm currently 22. Uh, the time I turned 18, and I knew there was a call of God on my life, and I was wanting to listen to preaching, and I began to look up apostolic preachers. And I remember finding Brother Urshan on YouTube first, and I heard him speak a message called The Unclean Prophet. And then I heard him speak a message called Binding Up the Brokenhearted. And then I went to the podcast and started listening to uh, Muddy Water. The, uh, another one that the devil can't kill, what God makes alive. I love that one. That's one of my favorites. But I just love listening to your podcast. And I know that y'all hadn't know how to have church. It reminds me of being home. Um, at my home, I am actually the youth leader, and actually I play the drums, and so it was nice to be here and sit and participate and worship with you all, because God's been good to us, amen? God's been good to us. I want, I want you to tell them again, you made it. I made it, and I didn't barely make it. But I made it victoriously. When Jesus came out of the tomb, he didn't halfway make it out of the tomb. He came out with power. And that same spirit, that same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now in you. It's now in you. When Jesus presented himself to the disciples, he came a second time to show Thomas because Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas said, I won't believe till I see him. And so Jesus came to Thomas and said, look, here, here are the wounds that I still have. And some of y'all are wondering, man, I still have some scars from 2017. I still have some wounds from 2017. But the reason why you still have them is so in 2018, people that you're going to witness to are going to see those wounds and say there is a God. There's a God that's alive and well. And if he did it for you, he can do it for me. I made it. And you're still standing. We, pre- we talked about that this morning. But I just don't want us to give God praise for that we're still standing. 
but I want us to praise God that he still keeps his promises. If we're honest, there's some things that we hoped for and prayed for in 2017 that may not have happened yet. But I want you to be that God has not forgot about you. That God is with you. That what God promised you, he is able to perform. In Romans chapter 4, Paul begins to talk about Abraham who had a promise. And the Bible says that even against hope, he had hope. So even when it looks like it's not going to happen, even when it looks like you don't have the resources, even when it looks like you can't do it, God said, I'm going to make a way for you. The Bible says he was about 100 years old, and he didn't consider that. Don't consider what disqualifies you. Don't consider what separates you. But if God made you a promise, you can take it to the bank that he's going to do it. I wonder if we can praise God, not just because we're still standing, but because he's going to bring about what he said he was going to do. That lost family member, they're still coming. Don't stop praying. That building, it's still going to happen. Don't stop praying. God is able. Let's praise him for that. you making it rough on me. <laughs> Any good? Hallelujah. He's better than good. He's awesome. He's magnificent. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, my, my, my. What a wonderful, beautiful spirit that's in this place tonight. Amen. I'm so honored, so privileged to be here again. However, I apologize for my voice, amen, and uh, because of that, I'm going to need some help tonight. I need some Holy Ghost-filled young people. Do we have any in the house? Oh, there, there you go. Amen. I need, I need an amen corner. Amen. I need somebody that's going to help me preach. Will anybody... Can I get some young people that'll help me preach? All right. <laughs> Praise God. I'm so honored to be here and so happy. I'm so happy. Folks call me Happy Easter. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Amen. God has been so good and the best is yet to come. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, um, God be my help. I'm going to lay on you what the Lord placed in my heart for this service tonight. And something perhaps that will carry you over into the coming year. Amen. So if you'd get your Bibles and together we'll go to the book of wisdom. Anyone know what book that is? That's right. The 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs. In verse number 18, one verse. What I would like for us to do is
Let's all together read it very loud and with feeling. Verse number 18, read. Amen. I want to take my thought tonight from the first part of that verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. My title is this. No vision, no victory. Amen. We've got to have vision. Hallelujah. Would you pray together for this message? Pray for the messenger that God will have his way. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Holy Ghost. Lord, we praise you for all your wonderful works. Thank you for the precious blood Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for your name, your doctrine, your truth. We honor you and ask that your perfect will be done in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone say amen. Would you uh, give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise before you see it? <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. No vision, no victory. You know, when I have the opportunity to be in God's house, I don't take it lightly. This is something very precious. This salvation that we have, is very precious. Don't ever get used to this. Amen. Everyone don't have what we have. Amen. And you didn't choose this. No, no, no. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Out of Billions of souls, God saw you. He picked you out. He brought you in that you might be fruitful and multiply. We are not just any church. We are the first apostolic church. Amen. That means something. Now, I don't know about some people, but I know to me, it means a lot. Because I didn't grow up in this. I was on the outside. There was a day when I had never even heard of apostolics. Never even heard the word Pentecost. See, when I grew up, <clears throat> my family, we were devoted and dedicated Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, don't get too excited. I'm still a Jehovah's Witness. 
I just know who he is. I said, I know who he is. Amen. And we grew up going to the Kingdom Hall. Amen. And um, for many, many years, my mom, she was very committed, very dedicated. And uh, she was a, a Bible teacher. Amen. And I remember walking the streets and knocking doors and passing out their comic books. I mean, you know, the, uh, the Awake magazines and the Watchtower. <clears throat> For many years, we grew up that way. And then uh, finally, I came to the place where I, I just got beside myself in boredom. And I said, Mom, I'm tired. You know, ever since I was just a little guy and here I am, 14, 15 years old. I said, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a break. Can I just take a break for a little while? So Mom said, okay, son, you're old enough. You know the truth. You're old enough to make up your own mind. I can't force you to serve God. If you want to take a break, that's your business. I said, thank you. <laughs> so I got away from going to the Kingdom Hall, and I didn't go to any church. And that's when I began to look out at the world and try to see what the world offered a young teenager. And um, I got out there, and I got kind of wild. Amen. Boy, if you had seen me back then. How many remember the afros? You remember the afros? Man, I had an afro. It was so big, when I walked, it bounced on my shoulders. And then that time came when the afro started passing out, passing away. <clears throat> I didn't want to get my hair cut, so I got it in long braids. I had long braids, I had a mustache, little goatee, <laughs> chains around my neck, bracelets on my arm, rings on my finger. I thought I was God's gift to women. <laughs> I ran across an old friend of mine not too long ago, and he pulled out a picture. He said, man, you remember these days when I looked at that picture? I said, you mean to tell me I went outside looking like that? I had on a flowery printed silk shirt, plaid pants, and high tone, big old shoes with the big heels on them. I was a mess. I thought to myself, man, if I come to church dressed the way I looked back then, pastor would say, watch him. I was lost. I was undone. I did everything the devil wanted me to do. But God. But God. Who was rich in his mercy. He started reaching out after me. He started drawing on my heart. I didn't know what was going on. But I realized there's more to life than just going to the clubs. There's more than life than just getting high on the weekends. There's more to life than what I was experiencing. And, and I began to get curious and I felt the drawing. And so I started my search for the truth. I went from church building to church building. Had my little shopping list. Trying to find a church that I felt comfortable in. That's the wrong reason for looking for a church. Yeah. 
You don't want a church where you're comfortable in. I want a church that's going to keep me stirred up, keep me uncomfortable, keep me on the edge of my seat, keep me repenting, keep me drawing closer to God. I don't want to be comfortable in the church. Hallelujah. And I didn't know where to look, but I, I started all, I knew I wasn't going back to the kingdom hall. <clears throat> the only other group I knew were Baptists. So I started searching for a good Baptist church. So I went to the first Baptist church. And the next weekend, I went to the second Baptist church. Then the next weekend, I went to the third Baptist church. And I loved it. I mean, it was so what I expected church to be. I mean, the organ was playing and the choir. And, and I loved those pastors who wear the black robes. And I'm like, man, I like what I'm feeling. And I felt so good about myself because I went to church. But the feeling didn't last. It, it lingered Monday. And, and it was a distant memory on Tuesday. And I was back at the clubs on Wednesdays. But I noticed the more I went to church and the more I kept going to the clubs, the more I saw church people in the clubs. And I'm in the nightclub boogieing and I look up and I see the deacon's daughter. I said, wait a minute. They sing in the choir. I thought that when you go to church, I thought that when you get saved, something posed to change. And I said, God, I need something that they had. They didn't have a weekend experience. They had an everyday, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week experience. <clears throat> I said, God, I need something that's going to change me. I need something that's going to help me. Where is that church that's in the Bible? I didn't know where to go. And I said, you know what, Lord? If there is a church like that, you know where it is. So I don't know where it's at, so ain't no need for me looking for it. But God, I want you to bring it to me. And so I decided right there, I'm not going to be running around to all these different churches no more, all these different denominations. It's confusing. And I said, Lord, bring the real church to me. You better be careful what you ask God for. Because God will do it. Not too long after that, I lived in a, in a rooming house downtown Newport News. Not a real good section of town. But I lived in a rooming house $20 a week. I thought that was a good deal. Don't you move anywhere for $20 a week. Man. All kinds of stuff was moving in that place. And the guy next door to me, man, he was, uh, oh, he was a Romeo. He had so many girlfriends, and, and I used to just watch how he operate. You know, they, they had the girls on the schedule and stuff. One day he moved out. Somebody else moved in. I came home from the club one night, and I walked in my room. I was exhausted, didn't even bother to turn on the light, and I just stretched out on the bed. 
And then in the quiet of the night, one o'clock in the morning, I heard some noise from the other room. I thought, I thought Romeo moved. I eased out the bed, tiptoed to the wall, <laughs> put my ear to the wall and started listening. And I heard this. Hallelujah! I jumped back from the wall. What in the world? I went back to the wall and started listening. And the guy next door was praying like I've never heard anybody pray. He was interceding. There was an anointing in that place. And I said, this is one person I need to stay away from. A couple of days later, I'm in the kitchen. He comes out of his room and he stands there in the hallway and he looks at me. And I was like, uh-oh, that's him. He was a tall, skinny, white dude. And that was significant because in that part of town, the only white people down there were cops or folks that got lost. And I was like, whoa. Next thing I know, he come over to my room, knocking on my door. I'm like, oh, that's that guy. I opened the door. He stood there with his Bible in his hand. He said, I'm living next door to you. I want to talk to you about the Lord. And I was like, oh, man. All right, come on. Get it out your system. Come on. He came in my room and he sat down on the sofa and he opened the Bible. And he began to give me the gospel message. I heard it before. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. I heard it before. No change. I was bored. He knew it. He knew he wasn't reaching me. So he, he was looking around my room and he saw my posters. He saw my DJ equipment. He said, oh, I see you like music. I said, yeah. He said, I'll be right back. He put his Bible down, went next door, came back with a guitar. He put the guitar on me. He said, you know how to play? I said, no. He said, I'll show you something. And he, he started showing me stuff on the guitar. I started getting comfortable. I started getting relaxed. Then he started asking me about different musicians that I knew about. And I got more relaxed. Then he said, I want to show you something else. He went back to his room and came back with a photo album. Put it across the table. He said, look at these pictures and see if you can find me. I said, okay. <clears throat> I looked at the photos. It looked like a Hell's Angels reunion. <laughs> Guys with leather jackets, long hair, beards, drinking. One guy holding Jack Daniels. What all crazy looking. And I'm thinking, well, it shouldn't be hard to find him. He probably got a white shirt, necktie, and a Bible pointing at somebody. I'm looking all across the page and I couldn't find him. I said, you said you were somewhere in these pictures. He said, yeah. I said, where? To see that guy, the crazy looking guy with the Jack Daniels. I said, uh-uh. He said, uh-huh. I said, that's you. He said, that's me. I said, holy, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you drank Jack Daniels? He 
He said, man, I drank Jack Daniels and I drank this and I drank that. I said, did you do drugs? He said, man, I did Quaaludes and all that. Man, he started naming all these drugs. And I said, wait a minute. How is it that somebody that looked like that and did what you did, pray like you pray at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> How did that happen? He said, he said, now you're ready. Now you're ready. Hallelujah. He got his Bible. He said, let me show you this verse right here. Look at this verse. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He said, let me show you something else. Look at this. Look at this one. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I said, bro, how long ago was that picture? He said, six months. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This kind of a change in only six months time. I said, bro, what church do you go to? He said, I go to the Pentecostal church. I said, the Pentecostal what? I never heard that in my life. I said, but I tell you what. I don't care what the church call itself. I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care who your pastor is. I need what you got. I need that same kind of power. I need that same kind of change. Hallelujah. And I tell you something, when I walked into this church, and I say this church, because this church is bigger than what we see. This church is universal. When I walked into this church, I walked into something I never experienced before. That word of God will come from the pulpit to the back door. It'll follow you home. It'll get in your conscience. It'll change your life. <laughs> that songwriter said, something got a hold on me. God! changed me I repented of my sins got baptized on my birthday that way I never forget the date God filled me with the Holy Ghost something snapped something changed all my friends begin to notice you're not the same no more even my family started getting acting funny oh since he's been going to that church he don't smoke no more since he's been going to that church. He don't go to clubs no more since he's been going. And I thought they'd be happy. Every time I got around my family, they had attitudes. I didn't realize it then, but it was spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. And I come to church, and I tell you, Pastor, one of the things that blessed my heart was when I walked into the sanctuary of God. And there in that little small home missions church, seeing moms and dads, sisters and brothers, families together living for God. I said, oh, that is so precious. Grandmama and grandpa, aunts and uncles, 
all living for God. That's a blessing. I was the only one in my family that was in this marvelous truth. And I said, Lord, God, if you do anything for me, Lord, help me to reach my family. Help me to reach my, if I could get mom, I know everybody else would follow. I said, so Lord, help me get prepared. I want to reach my mom. And so I would go to mom's house. I'd pull up in the driveway, and she in the kitchen. She could see through the curtains. Saw my car pull up. Right away, she'd get an attitude. Mm-hmm. Here he comes. Man, I come in the house with my Bible under my arm. I walk in the house. Mama, I got some scriptures I want to show you. Mama, I want to share something I learned today. Mm-hmm. Let me get my Bible. And she go get that Jehovah Witness Bible. And man, we just have argument after argument. I was brand new. I didn't, I didn't know all the scriptures. So I said, Lord, I'm going to study and I'm going to get these verses together and I'm going to get ready. And I would walk out into the vestibule area and they were, we had a track rack. And I found out those tracks are not just for guests. <laughs> My goodness, man. I looked at that track rack. I saw a track that said, why we worship the way we do. I got that track. I looked up all those verses. I went home, got me a highlighter, and started coloring my Bible. Got another track, one God. I started looking those verses up and underlining stuff, and I said, Lord, this is awesome. Why are we baptized in the name of Jesus? I said, oh, I was getting my ammunition together. I got my little, all my scriptures in order. And I said, God, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. I'm loaded. Going to my mom's house. No way she can deny the word of God. And so I pulled up to the parking, to the driveway. <coughs> mom saw me coming. Attitude. Hi, mom. Hmm. Got some scriptures. Let me go get my Bible. She grabbed her Bible. I opened up the King James and I said, Mama, Mama, Jehovah God, the one true God, He is one God. And His name, I said, Mama, I know the scriptures that you use in, in, in the Old Testament that say His name is Jehovah perpetually to all generations. I said, Mama, that's still true. I believe that, Mama. But see, when they called the name Jehovah, that was a self-descriptive title. And he was so awesome. When they called him, they had to add on an attribute. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Kasitkanu. Whatever their need was, they added the attribute to the name Jehovah. And greater than having peace, greater than being healed, is being saved. And the greatest name is Jehovah, my salvation, Yahshua, Jesus. <laughs> I said, Mom, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every 
I said, I said mom, the name is Jesus. And she looked at me and she got hot. Since you've been going to that church, you think you know everything. I said, mom, it's not me. It's the word. I said, let me show you this verse. Mama, look at this verse. Read it to me, mama. She read the verse where Jesus said, he that have seen me have seen the father. I said, mama, Jesus is the express image. He is God's image. He is God's head. He is God's tabernacle. He is God with us. There is no other God but one. She says, son, I don't believe it. I said, wait a minute. You're not saying you don't believe me. You're saying you don't believe the word of God. She said, that's just your interpretation. And I looked at her and I said, oh my goodness. And I thought to myself, God, if my mama can't follow the Bible, there's no foundation. I can't convince her with intellect. I can't convince her with wisdom. The only thing that convinced you is the word. And if she won't believe the word, that's no hope. I left her house that day, driving home, tears in my eyes. Oh, God, if I could just win my mom, how do I do it? Every Sunday night at church, we had prayer requests. Where pastor would ask people, speak out your requests. Raise your hand and tell us what your request is. And every Sunday night would I fail. I lift my hands. What is it, Brother Easter? Pray for my family. I want my family saved. The next Sunday night. Yes, Brother Easter. Pray for my family. I want my family saved. Week after week after week. And then one night. You never forget that. One night. One night, I stood there with my hands stretched. What is it, Brother Easter? Pray for my family. I want my family saved. And the next moment felt like hours when God spoke to me. Now, I'm brand new. I only heard about God talking to people. And I used to wonder about that. <laughs> God spoke to you? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, what is that like? The creator of the universe talking, was it, was it thunder? Was it earth shattering? What's it like to hear the voice of God? But that night, God spoke to me. It wasn't thunder. It wasn't loud. It, it wasn't demonstrative. It was a still, quiet voice. It was an impression. It wasn't with my physical ear, but it was in my spirit. He spoke to me. And God said, without a vision, the people perish. And I'm, I'm standing there and I'm like, okay. That sounded like a Bible verse. I didn't know where it was, but it sounded like a scripture. And I'm like, 
then he spoke again. Without a vision, your family will perish. I said, okay, without a vision, my family will perish. Oh, okay, Lord. But I still didn't grasp it. And God said, vision. Do you have an imagination? I said, yes, Lord. Can you visualize? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I created you in my image after my likeness. You have creative power. Everything that exists, exists because I spoke it. But before I spoke it, I saw it first. Can you see it? I was like, uh, uh, visualize. I said, okay, Lord, okay, okay, Lord, okay. And I, I just, I pictured my, my dad in the front row of the church on this side with his hands. Can you see it? Yes, Lord, I see it. What else do you see? I said, uh, uh, I see my mom. I see my mom on this side of the church with a tambourine, waving her hands. Do you see it? I said, I see it, Lord. What else do you see? I'm thinking, oh, man, this is getting good. Okay. I see all three of my sisters singing in the choir, full of the Holy Ghost, worshiping and praising you. God said, do you see it? I said, I see it. Do you see it? I see it, Lord. Do you receive it? And I said, yes, I receive it, Lord. He said, from now on, don't you ask me again to save your family. From this moment on, thank me. Thank me. Thank me. Thank me. Thank me. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for saving my daddy. That old devil, that old devil started talking. What are you talking about, boy? Your daddy never even been to church. Shut up, devil. Lord, I want to thank you for saving my mama. What are you talking about, boy? Your mama ain't coming to church. Get out of here, devil. I thank you for saving my Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. They had never been to church. Thank you. They'd never heard a sermon. Thank you. They, oh, hallelujah. I said, Lord, thank you for saving my family. Man, that, the enemy kept coming around. That's foolishness. That's just plain foolishness. And then a scripture began to float up to my mind. And the verse said, call those things that are not as though they were my mama say my daddy say my sisters are saved in the name of Jesus thank you Lord 
was a done deal. Now, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know when it was going to happen. But I knew it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Doubt began to creep in. Amen. All this physical stuff, trying to understand it, began to creep in. Then another verse rose up and said, the just shall live by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we feel. We don't walk by what we hear. We walk by faith. I just choose to believe it. It's a done deal. My family's already safe. After that, prayer request time came around. I didn't ask God to save my family no more. It's already done. It's already done. So I'd be in church, worship going on, music playing. And I'd be in the congregation. I look around and I see all the saints and I see their families together. I just picture my dad in the front row. Hallelujah! I picture my mom with the tambourine. They not even in the building, but I know by faith it's going to happen. And you don't have to wait till the battle is over. You can go ahead and shout right now. Thank you for saving my mom. Thank you for saving my dad. Hallelujah. I didn't know when. I didn't know how. But I knew it was going to happen. So, I went to my mom's house, left my Bible in the car. Ain't no need for that no more. It's a done deal. Pulled up in the park in the driveway, my mom looking out the window. Mm, here he comes. I walked out, closed the door, big smile on my face. Walked up to the house, walked in the kitchen. I saw my mom. She looked at me. I said, Hey, Sister Easter. She looked at me really strange. I said, where's dad? He's in the den. I walked back to the den. My dad was sitting in one of them lazy boy chairs, his feet propped up, drinking a Budweiser. I looked in there, I saw my dad, I said, hey, Brother Easter. My dad looked at me real funny. He said, Lucille. Come in here and get this boy. He done lost his mind. I just smiled because I knew something they didn't know. I knew something they didn't know. It's a done deal. It's already done. Hallelujah. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I know it was going to happen. And I tell you what, after that, you didn't have to, amen, push me to worship you didn't have to amen try to encourage me to worship any chance I got to praise God I began to praise him for my mama and for my daddy and my sisters hallelujah thank you thank you thank you glory to God it's going to happen it got to the point Wednesday night Bible study smallest group pastor teaching on Wednesday night Bible study on tithes you talk about quiet. <laughs> All I had to do was catch the vision. And I started getting excited. I can see it. 
I can see it. It didn't matter what the pastor preached. It didn't matter what song they sung. Something got stirred up inside of me and I couldn't control it. And I began to shout glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I saw it by faith. And then one day, one Sunday morning, pulled up to the church, just like I always do. Walking down the sidewalk to the front door. And there in the handicap section, close to the front, was a 1963 white Bonneville, just like my daddy drive. I walked up, I saw that car, I said to myself, that looked like daddy car. I turned around and said, let me go look in the window. I walked over to the car. I peeped in the window. Oh! That is my daddy car! Then I asked a dumb question. What are you doing here? <laughs> Isn't it funny how we act when God does what he said he gonna do? <clears throat> I was like, I walked in the sanctuary, opened the doors, and there in the front row on this side of the church. Somebody say, God did it. I'm sitting there going, how did this, how did this happen? I mean, how did he even know where the church was? I didn't even say nothing to him. I stayed in the back of the church, just watching the back of his head. That's my dad. My dad is here. At the end of the service, everybody was shaking hands. I walked up front. I went over to my dad. I said, Dad. He looked at me smiling. I said, how did you even know where the church was? Then pastor came off the platform and stood next to my dad, put his arm around him. I said, y'all know each other? <laughs> I said, sit down, Mike. Sit down, Mike. Let me tell you what happened. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Two weeks ago, and what's crazy, nobody told me a thing. <clears throat> Two weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon, pastor was in his office, and he had two lists on his desk. List of first-time visitors and their phone numbers. And then he had a list of the prayer requests list with their phone numbers. He was calling first-time visitors to try to get them to come back to church. Somewhere in his calling, the list got crossed up. How many know they won't know mistake? He looked down and just started dialing the number, and it was my dad's number. The phone rang. Dad picked it up. Hello? Pastor was like, wait a minute. He looked down at the list. Oh, it's the prayer list. Um, is this Mr. Easter? Yes. Uh, I'm Pastor Cunningham down at the United Pentecostal Church. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Easter, uh, I don't mean to disturb you. Uh, your name is on our prayer list and Listen, I just want to let you know our church is praying for you. If you need anything, just let us know. Yeah, right. Bye. Click. 
My dad looked at the phone. Who are these people calling me up? I don't know them. The next Saturday, the pastor's wife was in her office calling first-time visitors. She had two lists on her desk. Woo, hallelujah. Somehow, the list got crossed up. And she called my daddy by mistake. <laughs> How many know it won't no mistake? That phone rang. My dad answered the phone. Hello? It wasn't the voice she was expecting. She looked down at the list. Oh, I called the wrong list. Mr. Easter? Yes. Um, this is Sister Cunningham from down at the church. How you doing? I'm all right. Well, I don't want to take up much of your time, sir, but I want you to know your name is on our prayer list, and we're praying for you. And if we could ever do anything for you, let us know. Yeah, right. Bye. Click. Who are these people? I don't know them. This is the second time somebody from that church called me up and said they praying for me. I don't even know them. But nobody from the Jehovah Witnesses ever called me. And here are people I don't even know calling me, praying for me. Who are these people? He looked over at the coffee table and there was one of the tracks I left. He picked the track up, looked on the back, saw the church address. Honey, going for a drive. He got in his Bonneville and he went riding down through Newport News and he found the church. It was a Saturday afternoon and it was a work day. All these young guys out there doing gardening and working on the roof and doing all kinds of stuff. And my dad pulls up and he's a retired supervisor. Some habits are hard to break. He pulls up, slows down, that must be the church. And he's looking at these guys on the ladder and doing something they shouldn't be doing. He said, that boy gonna break his neck. He parked the car, got out, walked over there and said, son, no, you need to do, don't do it that way, do it this way. And, and man, he starts supervising. <laughs> and the guys turned around and looked at him and instantly they knew who my daddy was. That's gotta be Michael daddy right there. That's got to be Mike's daddy. <clears throat> Pastor Cunningham came up there. He got to talking to my dad. He invited him inside the church. They spent some time in the office. And then Pastor told him, he said, listen, Mr. Easter, we'd love to have you come up and have a couple Bible studies. And I would enjoy that. So dad was driving up to the church two and three times during the week to have Bible study with the pastor. And nobody told me. Ain't God good? Oh, ain't God good? Daddy loved the church. He loved the atmosphere. My daddy got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Somebody say, God did.
my, my daddy was on fire. He was so hungry. He loved the word. Every time you saw him, he had his Bible with him. He would ride around in that Bonneville. He'd be driving all through the neighborhood, visiting his old retired buddies, witnessing to him, trying to get him to come to church. He was on fire. My mom was like, what in God a hold of you? He, my dad's on the porch, Bible open. He's reading the Bible. Mom's standing back in the door watching him. And she opened the door and walked outside. She said, let me ask you a question. He said, what is it? All those years you used to go to the kingdom hall, you never studied the Bible like you're studying now. Dad said, the Jehovah's Witness don't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know it makes a difference. You know it makes a difference. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It makes a difference. My goodness. Every Sunday, my dad's at church on the front row on this side of the building. Then one Sunday, I walked up. I saw his Bonneville. Dad's here. Walked inside the church doors, opened up to the sanctuary. I saw my dad in the front row. And next to him was my oldest sister. Now, three sisters. One lived in a neighboring city. Two lived in Maryland, some three hours away. He brought my older sister. Now, I know, this, I know this don't sound right, but I didn't want her there. I wasn't quite ready for her. She was very cynical. She's always made fun of me. Oh, look at you. Holy Joe. Bible thumper. Let me see you speaking tongues. Let me see you speaking tongues. Let me see you speaking tongues. Wasn't ready for her. And she was sitting next to my dad and she turned around and looked at me and gave me a grin. I was like, oh no. I said, Lord, my sister here, give us a nice quiet service. God, don't let that brother jump up and twirl around like a human helicopter, Lord. Because <clears throat> I knew she'd be teasing me and teasing me. And I couldn't take it. Music started playing. I said, oh, nah, uh-uh. I got up. I went out. I went to children's church. <laughs> I went down to children's church, and I'm saying, oh, Lord, let it be a quiet service, Lord. Service was over. Folks coming in and getting their children. I said, is service over? Yes, it's over. I'm like, okay. So I got up, walked to the main sanctuary. And I said, oh, Lord, quiet, calm service. Open the doors to the sanctuary. It looked like a hurricane. <laughs> Everything that wasn't nailed down was knocked over. Chairs all out of place. I'm like, what in the world? Shoes over here. Somebody's hairpiece over there. I'm like, what? And some guy walking past me. Anybody see my contact? You see my contact? I said, what happened? place was unglued and the music still blasting I'm looking around oh no I looked at the front of the church that was my dad in the front row he looked at me I said where's Linda he pointed to a group of ladies 
it was a circle. All I saw was hair. That's Linda. That's Linda. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. God filled her. Somebody say God did. God did it. She got baptized that Sunday morning. I'm like, look at this. My sister got home. She called my mom. Mom, I went to Michael's church today. You did, did you? <clears throat> Guess what, mom? What? I got baptized. Girl, you didn't need to get baptized. You've already been baptized. But mama, I got baptized right. It's important to get baptized right. <laughs> and then she said, mama, guess what else happened? What else? Mama, I got filled. Don't you say it. Mama, I got filled. Don't you say that, girl. Mama, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Mom got concerned. Because now at home, she was all by herself. So she put in an emergency phone call to my two sisters in Maryland. She called them up. Girls, girls, what is it, Mom? You know that thing that got a hold of your brother? <laughs> and you know how I got a hold of your daddy? Yes, ma'am. Well, it got your sister today. <laughs> Mom, what's going on? <clears throat> she said, I don't know but I feel like I'm losing my family. I'm down here all by myself. Yeah. Girls, I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to pray hard for your mama because I'm going to do something. Mom, what? I'm going to do something that's against our teaching. No, mom, don't. What you going to do? To convince your brother of his error, I'm going to go down to that Pentecostal church. <laughs> You may not be able to explain the scripture, but if you can get them in the atmosphere, if you can get them in the sanctuary, if you can get them to feel what we feel, there's no denying. There's no denying. Something is here. Man, mom came to church on that Sunday morning to prove me wrong. She had a yellow legal pad under her arm. She intended to write down everything she saw wrong. You talk about looking mean. Everybody in the church knew she was JW. And they poured the sugar on her. Oh, Miss Easter, we so glad to have you. Mom just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Sat down through the service, just stone faced, staring at everybody. After the service was over, I said, Mom, what do you think? Ain't nothing to it. You coming back? No. I just smiled because I know something she don't know. <laughs> I said, I know something she didn't know. I already saw it. I already had a vision of it. Hallelujah. God already took care of it. Amen. I tried to get her to come back. She would not come back. And then we had a baby dedication. 
Amen. My, my, my niece and, and my, my sister's children, they were part of it. I said, Mom, you coming to the baby dedication? No. Mom, you ain't coming to your grandkids' dedication? They going to grow up, Mama. And they going to hold that against you. <laughs> Just come to the dedication. All right. But you got to stay for the whole service. Because we do it at the end. So she came to that. A few weeks later, Mom, we have family day on Sunday. You got to be there. I'm not going. Mama, you got to be there. No. I said, Mom, they're giving away free 8 by 10 color photographs of the family. And we're taking family portraits. Mama, can you imagine a family portrait and you're not in it? You got to come. Well, all right. But you got to stay for the whole service. So she came to that. Then she messed up. And she came on a Sunday night. Now, back in Newport News, each service has its own personality. Wednesday night, teaching, good, solid teaching. Smaller crowd. Sunday morning, lots of guests and visitors on Sunday morning. A lot of church folks are working there in Sunday school and doing all kinds of things. And because we have guests, we hold back just a little. <laughs> we don't want to scare nobody. But Sunday night, come at your own risk. Because <laughs> we throw down on Sunday night. My mom came on a Sunday night. Man, that church was rocking. It was rocking, brother. We was having good old-fashioned Pentecostal Holy Ghost service. It was so thick, you could move your hand and feel the angels' wings. Choir. Oh, they were so anointed. They were singing and shouting and dancing. They couldn't contain themselves. They jumped off the platform. Choir members running all around the building. Like crazy folk acting like that in church. <laughs> Boy, we were having a time. The energy was so thick with the spirit. Pastor got up. Had everybody stand. He opened up the Bible. He began to read his scripture text for his sermon. I'm standing in the front row on this side. My dad was in the front row on that side. Behind me, four rows behind me, was my mom and my sister. Pastor opened that Bible. Man, you could feel the energy of the Spirit. He began reading his text. And in the middle of his reading the scripture, I heard a sound. Ah! I was like, I turned around and looked to where my mama was standing. My sister was standing there like this. I said, what happened? Mom collapsed between the pew. I said, Lord, did she have a stroke? Did she faint? I started jumping over the chairs. All these ladies started running down between the pews, and they were working on her. I said, is mom all right? Get back, Brother Easter. Is mom okay? Get back, Brother Easter. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what happened to mom? And I kept looking and looking over the shoulders, and all of a sudden, I, they were working on her, working on her. And I saw her hand come up and go like that. I said, oh, Lord. Oh, God. They started picking her up between the pews. I looked over my sister's shoulder, and the first thing I saw on my mom's face was the tears. Tears. 
and I got another look. And when I saw her mouth, my mama, my mama was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Somebody say God did it. God filled my mama with the Holy Ghost. Everybody gathered around. My mom was, she was crying and looking around. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Pastor said, oh, no, no, no. Miss Easter, this is normal for us. <laughs> she said, oh, but I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, Miss Easter, what are you sorry about? She said, the things I said about y'all. <laughs> Pastor said, Miss Easter, describe to us what happened. She looked around the church. Everybody was gathered around. She said, well, all I know is from the very first day I walked into this place, I felt something. Something is here. And see, us, us, we, we get used to it. And we, it don't do much for us. But I'm telling you, every time a visitor come in that door, they walk into the power. Every time somebody come in, they can feel the anointing. They know something's here. There is something here. You can't get this everywhere. There's a power here. There's a presence here. There's an anointing. And she said, every time I came here, I felt it again. And she said, but, but, but tonight, oh my goodness, she said, tonight it was overwhelming. She said, I couldn't handle it tonight. And I stood there when the pastor began to read his Bible. I said, oh, I don't want to hear no sermon. I don't want to hear no singing. She said, I want to hear straight from you, Jehovah. And she said, when my pastor was reading the text, she said, Jehovah God, I've dedicated my life to serve you. Now, I need to know something right now. If this is the truth, give me a sign. that God she fell down to the floor her legs gave out she was like oh she was, I gotta get up before anybody notice she put her arms on the pew she had no feelings in her legs and she was like oh Jesus what's happening and she said around about that time she said it felt like somebody was pouring warm water all over her and she knew and she knew and she knew it was nothing but the spirit of God and she began to talk and she couldn't talk in English she began talking in another tongue and the more she worshiped the greater it felt and pastor was he said, no, no need for no more church tonight. We didn't have church tonight. One more matter of business. Ms. Easter, are you ready? She said, I want to be baptized right now. My mama got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. God did it. I said, oh, look at Jesus. <clears throat> Mom got home. She put in an emergency phone call to my sisters. <laughs> girls, girls, 
Mom, Mom, are you okay? Girls, I got to talk to you. Mom, you sound different. Girls, I need to tell y'all something. What, Mom? Your brother was right. She said, I forbid you to go to another kingdom hall service. I want you to denounce the Jehovah Witnesses. And I want you to find you a church that preached the name of Jesus. I want you to find you a church that says, get filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Find you a church, hallelujah, that says, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Find you an apostolic church. Now my sisters, their world crumbled. They were scared. All they knew was Jehovah Witnesses. And it was like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? I called them up. I said, don't y'all worry about nothing. I'll take care of it. I broke into the pastor's office. <laughs> I went up to his library of books, and I found a directory of ministers. I opened that up, man, and looked up the state of Maryland. I looked up the city they were in. There were five churches. I called all five of those pastors. I said, brother, y'all know who I am. I got two sisters in your area. Go get them, 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 go get them. Pastor and his wife showed up at my sister's door, knocked on the door, introduced themselves. We don't know you. You don't know us, but we both know your brother. <laughs> we like to take you guys out to dinner. My sisters were like, oh, that's wonderful. They went out to dinner. Wonderful time. Sister said, we're going to pay y'all back. Next week, we want y'all to come over to the house, and we're going to fix dinner for y'all. And back and forth it went. And then they began asking questions. And then the pastor and his wife taught them a Bible study. And the pastor said, you know what would be great? If you guys would be my special guests this coming Sunday. My sisters went to that church. God filled both of them with the Holy Ghost. Both of them were baptized in the name of Jesus. You come too late, you come too late to tell me this won't work. I'm telling you, it will work if you can get a vision. If you can get a vision, nothing is impossible. Somebody say, God did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I saw it without a vision. People will perish. Without no vision, you can't have no victory. You got to be able to see things that nobody else can see. You got to be able to believe in things that nobody else have faith to believe. If you got an imagination, you can see it. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, friend, we, we get ready to go into a new year. And some of you, I feel it right here in the Holy Ghost. There are circumstances and situations that you've been asking God to handle for you. And it seemed like the harder you pray, the worse it gets. But I'm here to tell somebody tonight, you gotta get a vision. You gotta be able to see it by faith. You gotta walk by faith. You gotta talk by faith. You gotta live by faith. God is ready. And I'm gonna tell you something, he is no respecter of persons. What he did for me, he wants to do it for you. I said, what he did for me, he wants to do for you. So what is it? 
What is it you want God to do? What is it that you need a miracle for? You tried and nothing seemed to happen. You prayed and nothing seemed to happen. God said, get a vision. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. When he created you, he created you in his image. After his likeness, he gave you a mouth to speak like he speaks. And the power of life and death is in your tongue. You got to be able to see it. You got to be able to speak it. And I'm telling you, ain't no devil in hell can stop it. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get a healing. Somebody's going to get a deliverance. Somebody's teenager's going to turn around. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you would join with me at this. It's nothing, it's not too big. It's never nothing too big. Don't limit God. Take off limitations. Use your imagination. And I want you to see it being done. Whatever it is you want God to do. What you need God to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to see it. I want you to see it. Your husband in 2018, he's coming in. That teenager seemed like there's no hope. Pills, drugs, promiscuity. See it. They're walking down the aisle. You see that marriage that's been struggling? See it healed. See the fire burning, the passion burning. The devil is a liar. See it. I want you to see that cancer going in remission. I want you to see that diabetes drying up. I want you to see that growth shrinking, that tumor dissolving. You got to be able to see it. I see it, Lord. I see you operating in the gifts of the Spirit. God has given you boldness. I see you walking in the Spirit, laying hands on people, praying for people in the kingdom of God ministry is developing I see it <laughs> I can see I can see the local sheriff department cars lined up and down the highway lights flashing directing traffic to this church They're coming from the east and the west. 
the north and the south, I see it. I see you young people. I see you fired up. I see you praising and worshiping. I see you being everything God has called you to be. I see it. Now church, this is what I'd like for you to do tonight. Whatever your vision is, I want you to grasp it in your fists and hold it up for God. It doesn't matter how impossible it might seem. This is my vision tonight. I believe it. God's going to bring it to pass. Now, what I'd like for you to do, if you are able, if you are able, I want you to bring your vision to the front. Bring it around the altar. Come out from where you're standing and gather around the front. Bring it with you. Here is my vision. In 2018, it shall come to pass. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Gather in close. Move up a little closer. Move up closer. Gather in close. It's going to happen. <coughs> it will happen. It looked like impossible to me, but God made it possible. God did it. God did it. And he wants to do it for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Let me get your attention for a moment. <clears throat> Let me get your attention for a moment. One other thing the Lord wants you to understand. It's very important. You got the vision? You got it? You see it? All right, now, now. Do you believe? Okay. Now, <clears throat> this right here is the critical part, what I'm about to share with you right now. This right here is the critical part. You got to do more than believe. The key is receive. Receive. That's the key. Now, this is the difference. When you believe, you simply confess and say, it's going to happen. I believe it. However, when you receive, then it's going to show up in your response. What I mean is, You don't have to wait till it happens, but you go ahead and praise him like it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. <laughs> 